This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Effective meditation must lead the meditator to the heights of the infinite sky of superconsciousness and facilitate the plunge into the deepest ocean of subconsciousness and emerge the wiser. This way our consciousness evolves. By Kamlesh Patel, affectionately known as Daji, is the fourth spiritual guide in the Sahaj March system of meditation, facilitating heartfulness meditation worldwide. Valeria interviews Anand Balasubramanian. He is a mindset coach, co-founder of Growth Coach and speaker. At Growth Coach LLC, the driving force behind our economic engine is our commitment to integrating spiritual values and heartfulness meditation into life coaching, leveraging over three decades of meditation practice and 25 years of technological expertise. We provide personalized coaching that fosters exponential growth our extensive network on platforms like LinkedIn, coupled with our emphasis on client success, allows us to create value that resonates deeply with business owners, professionals, and leaders across various domains. Our long-term vision to connect globally underlines our ambition to make a significant impact on the business world through spirituality-grounded principles. Meet Anand at growthcoach.co. Here's the interview with Anand Balasubramanian. In your own words, who is Anand Bala? Uh, my, I'm a spiritual seeker first and foremost. Uh, thank you very much for the opportunity, Valeria, for being here as a uh, host and for me uh, to be present here. In my own words, um, I'm, uh, I would say, a spiritual seeker who also happens to be, um, you know, an IT professional until a few months ago. I started off like uh, 30 plus years ago in the meditative practice, and I've used that day in and day out to have a wholesome, um, balanced life. And right now, I've started just a few months ago uh, as a growth coach, as a company called Growth Coach LLC, to take this knowledge that I've gained and this wisdom to be shared with the entire world uh, through LinkedIn and through other platforms like Podmatch and other places. So that's what uh, that's what I bring. Uh, that is who I am um, as a spiritual seeker who also happens to be able to help others uh, seek and find what I've been able to find by my own practices and from the guidance from my spiritual guides. Mm. Thank you. Yes, thank you for saying that. Sounds beautiful to me. So you mentioned... So being a spiritual seeker, usually when I hear that, the question is, what are you seeking? But you did mention 
a wholesome, balanced life. That's I never yeah. heard it that way. So how would you describe that? And was this wholesome, balanced life that you have found? Exactly. Yeah, that is what, um, as my guide says, you know, that is where uh, we have other types of meditation practices out there. And everybody is trying to, what I would say in terms of seeking is trying to find ourselves who we are, right? At the end of the day, that's what everybody's trying to find who we are, why are we here, things, you know, all of those questions. And the meditative practices, how I found that, you know, the, when I say the balanced life, it's about the spiritually infused life that is in all of us. You know, it, it might be like everybody's going behind uh, having, a, you know, a peaceful life or like having some, you know, they, someone wants a lot of money. They want to be successful in life. But at the end of the day, everybody is also, you know, the soul always tries to find peace, tries to find itself. And that is the deeper connection and what I have found in my own experience, by experiences, right, by doing this on a day-to-day -day basis with meditation is where I have found that there is a deeper connection and there is a spiritual infusion that happens as long as we are unified in our approach of having the material and spiritual life together like a bird that flies with two wings. Uh, we are good. We are fine. As long as we let one take over the other, um, you know, it, then it becomes a problem. Then we are always there is some imbalance and we are fighting it. And so that is where this practice really helps, where I have found that it's an exponential growth. Uh, so once you become spiritual and once you become diffused with spirituality through the meditative practice, you become meditative and every action thought uh, speech, whatever you do, becomes spiritual and divine. And that is where I have seen that, you know, and there is no end to it. What I have found by my own experience is it, there is no end to it because guess what? Everybody is all connected. Everyone is connected and it becomes an exponential growth. And that is why I call it an uncommon growth, which I want to like, you know, kind of share it with others. And that's why, you know, I am kind of here <laughs> to yes. talk about it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. That's wonderful to see this innate longing within mm -hmm. human beings to find the truth and then to share the truth. Pass exactly. that on. It's it's just truly beautiful to me. A question that came to me just in the moment was about a spiritual life. So we cannot really separate from that spirituality or that which is spiritual, right? And because that's essentially who we, who we are anyway, or what we are, better saying. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, unless, until we find it, we think we are separate, right? Until we find a spiritual mindset and trying to like get into this practice, until we turn, as I, like as I say, inwards, right? We wouldn't know. We keep thinking we are different. That's why you see all this strife, all this fighting, all of this going on, because we think everybody are different. But the more we turn inwards is when we find that it's actually, guess what? We are all one. We are all unified. We all came from the same source, right? Again, as my guide says, that is for each and every person to find it for themselves, right, by doing it. So that's why he says, do not force it on anyone, right? So that's why we have to like, you know, you cannot force anybody to just believe in what you're talking about, but you can take them on an experiential, um, you know, that is why I want to offer this as a service to others. Like, you know, of course I need to charge and do whatever I need to make a living out of it, but I do have want to like, so I have a free 
LinkedIn audio event that is coming up starting next week, where it's not all about money, right? For me, it's about bringing, building a community. So that's why we have that 90-day kind of meditation with friends event where each and every day, the more we meditate together and we have a group setting, we will find that, hey, guess what? We are all one. We are all as a unified being. And and that's why I, I wanted to like, you know, kind of um, uh, offer that as also as a service uh, for free through LinkedIn Audio as a platform. Mm, yes, I saw that. That's the way really to do these things. You're right. We cannot try to change people around us. I remember doing that myself. The more I immersed myself into spiritual practices and knowledge and the more insights I had, the more I wanted to share them with everyone. Mm-hmm. And my husband would be the first person because he's next to me. Yep. And then I remember being very disappointed that he was not interested. Exactly. Uh, isn't that interesting? I have, yeah, I've gone the same way. Exactly. My <laughs> wife, she's not interested in it. And she's like, I'm not ready yet. And I said, okay, took me a while to realize through my guides, again, through the experience, he said, he never teaches all this directly. Everything is through experience. And then it's almost like, oh, you know what? I need to keep changing. I can't expect others to keep changing or others to like what I like. So I need to keep make, becoming a better version of myself. And guess what? And that only happens by practice and by giving it back, right? Giving back to others. But the more you do it with your own, uh, you know, trying to become a better person and trying to keep working on yourself, you find that it actually reflects on others automatically, right? You don't even have to try it. Then they see that, okay, this person is not just about talking. He's actually, he's living his life according to the principles and on a day-to-day basis. And uh, that's why, you know, and then it's about consistency. You can't just talk about something and not do it. You, again, you can't be a preacher without a practitioner. So you can't just get up on the pulpit and say, hey, do it like this. And then if you don't do it, guess what? Nobody's going to like, you know, then your art is not there. That's why heartfulness is all about being, having that heart as the center uh, of that, you know, of that entire practice of entire, everything needs to start from the heart and end with the heart. And that is where this, you know, this beauty of this, so of this practice comes together. Because then you find that whatever you see inside and outside, it's then you cannot be an hypocrite anymore because guess what? You are actually going to be talking what you mean and you're going to be doing what you mean and what you say and what you mean will all come together as an integrative approach. And that's what really makes it, you know, a beautiful miracle of a system. Um, You know, again, only by practice, not again, the system there are so many systems that are out there, but if somebody's not practicing and living it on a daily basis, on an every moment basis, as you mentioned earlier, it needs to be in that moment to moment to moment. You can't just do it in the morning and then in the afternoon be like, oh, I'm going to be a different person now. You can't do that. So it has to be a unified 24 by 7, 365 days. You have to live it, breathe it, and mm. it has to become a part of you. True. And that is a practice, right, Anand? It's mm-hmm. it's not something it, that we just realize in the moment and then it, yeah. it just automatically happens. We need no. to. Yeah. No, you have to work on it. You have to keep working on it. 
on an every second basis, every moment basis. So it's like, yeah, that's what, again, it only comes with the practice. The meditation, as I talked about, is just a tool. All of these are just different tools, but you need to use these tools to keep changing, to become an integrated self-oriented person. And then you have to first help yourself, right? Some folks might think, hey, you know, he's only talking about himself. No, but I cannot help others if I don't help myself first. That's why self comes, the self, when I say self, I'm talking about the lowercase s, um, become leading to the self-realization, which is the higher, you know, the uppercase s. Uh, but that only comes by working on your own self uh, and becoming, trying to become a better and better person, because that's when you realize that, oh, there is more to it. It doesn't end here. You don't, that's why you never think that you arrived. Because as soon as you think you have arrived, it's almost like a stagnation. Then you don't grow anymore. Mm, ah, that's yes. true. Yeah. So at the level of body mind, we are always, um, always growing, always evolving, mm-hmm. always integrating in a way mm-hmm. that wisdom, those insights, spiritual insights, yep. not that they are separate. It's just yeah. it feels that way sometimes, doesn't it? It does. It does. Yeah. That's why my guide says never, ever think you have arrived because he says the goal, right? The actual human goal or whatever the goal of life, it's not a latitude, longitude. It's not a geographical location. And he has aptly named it as towards infinity because it is infinite. Never, ever think because as soon as you think I've arrived, you have the ego. The ego comes in and says, oh, guess what? I don't need a guide anymore. I don't need anybody. I'm there, right? You almost think that, oh, I am. I made it. As soon as you have that feeling of I have made it, the I comes in, the ego comes in. And then you think as soon as that that's the stagnation, when you call, you become a lake. You're not a river anymore. You don't flow anymore. You are like a stagnating pond. Uh, you and you would again you wouldn't feel it right away initially you think like uh, you know when you have that feeling you're like oh I made it I don't need any more anyone anymore right mm-hmm. then you find that guess what oh I was wrong mm-hmm. right oh I need people I now I need them more <laughs> ah, it's that's almost ah. like you need them more than the guide himself right the spiritual guide that's why he says the more you keep growing be more humble Right. You need to keep going lower. You need to be like the dust. Right. That's why they call even in the Bible, they say dust to dust. Right. That's where we came from. Never, ever think you have achieved. You have come to the sky or whatever it might be. You need to be as the lower than the lowest. And then you find that it's a secret. Right. Then you find that. Guess what? The more lower you think you are, the higher you grow. And um, and you keep up with that humble practice, right? You have that humility about you and you want to be anonymous too. You don't want to, your name, you don't need to be seen. You don't need to be shown or you need, no one needs to know your name really because the, the work automatically, then you become like, that's why I believe right, completely I've seen it happen through me where I've become an agent of change. I don't even, I don't even realize the work is getting done through me. Because it's the divine work, the work, the work of the divine, the divine being works through you. And again, as I said, not everybody will believe it right away. That's why he says, my guide says, never talk about it. Uh, Don't give everything out. He's like, you know, just, uh, you know, let them find out for themselves. Because there are some things as a miracle that only comes with experience. 
you don't want everything to be written down and say like, oh, this is what happened to me. Right? Then it takes that uh, surprise factor out of it because you want each and every person to experience it themselves by doing it on their own like a science experiment. Mm, yes, because it seems that there is a timing for it. I noticed mm-hmm. that some people are not ready. Uh, yeah, to, right? they're not. Yeah, not everybody is ready. It's not, again, everybody's timeline is different. That is what we need to understand as the spiritual, uh, like, you know, whatever. I don't want to use the word guide, like the spiritual. I would still call myself a seeker, even though I'm still seeking. I still haven't found it. You know, I never, ever think I've arrived. But then I realized that, oh, if I go talk about to everyone, everybody's not going to just listen to it and say, oh, I want to do that, too. They are not ready yet. They are not ready. Every person is having their own journey. You have to give them space. You have to give them the time that they need to find it on their own, by their own experience. And some folks may not even find it this life. You never know, right? It might be much later. But again, everybody in his in his or her own time will find it on their own. And then they will be the seeker, right? Uh, it's almost like what is coming in that book, that great book by Paulo Coelho, uh, Alchemy, Alchemist, right? Each person, that kid in that book, right? When he's seeking, he doesn't find it. He finds it, it's right there in his own heart, but it took him a long time right. <laughs> to find it by himself. Uh-huh. And no, no one could really tell him that until he found it by himself. That's the same thing. That is exactly the journey that I went through to find it myself. And I wanted to share it with others now. <laughs> yes, it, it, there's so much beauty in that. I have to say that again. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you for being open to life. With that in mind, I guess, Anand, what comes to mind is, and hopefully it's coming from the heart too. <laughs> That's how I usually think. I, I love the word yeah. heart. But I remember being... My entire life, actually, searching for the space of happiness, of, of joy, of peace, in a sense that I could relate to everyone, people suffering, they could relate to me. It's almost like living in this paradise-like reality. Mm-hmm. That was, I was seeking for that because of all the suffering that I went through, the body-mind went through in the very beginning of this life journey. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now when I hear you saying, it makes sense to me that we are never done. We're always evolving from the body-mind perspective. But I do feel that there's something that can be realized, can be understood right here, right now. And and that is, I guess, it would be the reduction of labels. Like, I don't have to say that I am a spiritual seeker or a spiritual founder or spiritually found, as I said earlier. It's actually the more I think about what I am, it's really yeah. the I am only. It doesn't. It, it doesn't really require any labels or any any seeking anymore. There's nothing to be found anyway. It becomes very simple, extremely simple that truth. Yeah. But at the same time, which is a very interesting thing, we have the body mind that requires more complicated. Requires all this care. Uh, we have to. We have to eat. We have to sleep and all that. And then the mind has to be taken care of too the mental content and all that. So I guess the question is, how do we know the difference once we like get to your, where you are now? You feel like there's something that, that can still be done, but it's basically done through you anyway. It's effortless. Yeah. And then 
versus something that, you know, the, the seeker mind still trying to find something to make this reality perfect. I think that's what it, I was trying to do before. I was under the impression that once I realized the truth, everything would become perfect, <laughs> um, yeah. my, my circumstances, and it didn't happen. So here we are, and it's still the same. I realized, I have realized some deep truth, but it's, it doesn't look different. Mm-hmm. which is very interesting to see. There's no, I don't see, it's just the way this body-mind navigate this reality. It's different. There's a lot more yeah. peace, quietude, but it's still the same. Yeah, that was the question. How do we know the difference between being humble, knowing the truth, letting life just do what it does through us, and this longing for something else, you know, to make this reality actually more peaceful and, and, and happier. Yeah. So again, your question is like, you know, um, how to find, okay, so the difference. Yeah. So what I I have found to answer that, what I have found is like when I take myself away, right, when I actually take completely uh, uh, as part of the practice, after I've completed the practice, um, um, I'm, you know, as part of the practicing the meditation and everything that I'm doing, I have found that, um I have basically, um, I don't even think like, you know, I have removed myself as an identity away, completely away from this, right? When I let the divine uh, being take over. So I even have like a special, like there is a meditative practice. So there are multiple mini practices within the system because the system itself, as you keep practicing, you keep finding the next gold mine. So where I have found is, you know, um, I just go with God's work, the divine work that needs to happen. And as soon as I basically take myself away and when I take the doership away, right, when I let the divine being take over and do every single thought process, whatever it might be, again, that comes with practice. When I find that his work is being done through this agent of this, you know, I call it the heart, body, mind complex, right? Just like what you said. So when what what I say is I I have the sense of witnesser. So what I think of myself is I am just witnessing everything. I am I mean not just observing. I'm witnessing. You know, observing is you still have that. You are still your mind is still there when you're observing. But when you become a witness, almost like a video camera. What does a video camera do? It just look you know records everything and just become like almost like you know non living being, right? Like a camera. What I do is I become a witnesser. I don't have the doership. I take all of that away. And then I realize that the work just gets done, the auto working, right? It's almost like the divine auto work gets done through this art body mind complex, which others call as Anand Bala. But to me, I don't even realize that it's me right there, right there working. So that again, I have realized only by when. I have done the deep spiritual work. Um, and when others say that, hey, there was something special about the way you talk today or this document or this work that you did or this video, when I see that his work, the divine work actually gets done when they realize that the guide is doing the work and they don't see me anymore. And that only came with experience. After a while, I realized that, guess what? It's not me doing this. There is no me, myself, whatever, this small being. When I let the divine being take over and do the work and his work was being done through me, I realized that, uh, guess what? 
I have become this witness or like they, my guide calls it a paradox because it huh. takes a while to get there because you keep huh. thinking that you are doing it. You keep, and there is even like spiritual experiences that I've undergone initially. I thought, oh, I'm special. I did this meditation yeah. and I got this experience that is happening to me. Then I realized, guess what? It's not happening to me. There is no me here. Mm. And once I became that witnesser person, like when I started witnessing everything, right. That's when I realized this reality and the suffering, this pain, whatever, even my body is undergoing the pain, mm-hmm. whatever it might be, it's not just me. There is no me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it is him. It is the higher self, right? right? That's why I call it the higher self. You could call it God, Jesus, mm-hmm. guide, whatever it might be. It is that essence, right? That is that spiritual essence. It might be known by many names, but mm-hmm. that essence mm-hmm. is what uh, does everything for you mm-hmm. and it's do- doing it through you and it is also experiencing the life through you and that is when I realized that life happens when I really understood that statement yeah. life happens for you not to you mm-hmm. because that's when I realized okay guess what I there is nothing to be complaining about because none of this is belonging to me and I don't really even exist here because it is mm-hmm. that divine being who is just, you know, getting through this life through me, all these sense organs and whatever it might be. And that is when the meditation, even more, I was able to get deeper because um, I was able to understand even more deeper that, oh, this is exactly why he said this, right? Whatever the whatever teachings I read in a book, it became true to me because I was able to practice it and realize, practice, realize, and I was able to get to the next level. Um, so that's why I think the, all of us, it again, only comes with practice and this artfulness meditation. Also, you have to practice it. That's why I say at least do it for 90 days, not less than 90 days, because and then you need to journal it, too. You need to write down what you feel every single time you do it, because if you don't write it down, you will, it is just something like a theory. Right. It's almost like you did something, you didn't write it down, you didn't experience it, you didn't know why something happens, you don't, you lose track of all these, uh, the beautiful thing about like breadcrumbs, what they talk about, right? You would not realize what you have gained if you didn't write it down. You know, whatever experience you're happening, if you didn't write down what you experienced or what is going on and what you got from this practice, you will forget what happened. And uh, that's where I think that's a long uh, explanation to your question, but I will end it there. I hope that explained it. Yes, very much does. Very much does. Especially the part of not finding the me, the um, the fixed identity that we all think it's here. Yeah. yeah for me, it just has been incredible to to realize that I'm not the body and the mind. Yeah. It's interesting realizing what we are, which is eternal, infinite, limitless. And then we think about the body-mind, it's obvious that they are limited and it's finite. So that's when we know. But it's not really a knowledge that comes from the mind, right, Anand? It's beyond, yeah. It is beyond that. Yeah, here I would like to, yeah, it is much, much beyond that. So the mind, body, all of this, everything that we think that mind, we are this, we are body, we are mind, and all of that, it goes beyond that. And there is even, uh, I at this point, I want to just, you know, mention uh, uh, like a supposition or like a mini prayer. This is what we usually do. 
it is antarik, it's a Sanskrit word meaning interior, like internal. So here, this is one type of practice I do, which in which I say, I radiate this thought from my heart where I say, oh, worshipful Lord, thou art the one and only all inclusive, neither I nor this world nor this embodiment exist, only thou art all pervading. So that when you say that and you again, you do it, you have to practice it. You need not just saying it. You need to sit in meditation uh, for like 10 to 15 minutes after you say that and then write down again, not right away. Take some time. If you keep doing this practice, you know that guess what? There is no Anandbala or Valeria or anybody for that matter. Everybody that we think that human beings like all of this goes back to that single essence which has taken all these forms right from the beginning of creation until now. And it's that divine being. It is that divine being whose existence and we are not even there. Uh, we find out, find out that through experience that it is just him or you know, I don't want to use the word just him as God or like his, not like an actual, um, you know, tense for it. Like, you know, not to sound that male or female or anything like that. Just call it the divine being, right? You find out just by what I just said that, oh, guess what? There is nothing. There is, you know, there is no heart, body, mind, whatever senses. None of that really matters because it is much deeper than that. And it's just that being that is there who is actually available, who is present, who does all the work through me, right? You don't even want to say the word me because it's just... It you know it is just work happens the life happens work happens and you become a witnesser of that and then it becomes beautiful because then you're you're finding that you're able to, able to do much more because you know then you got your limitations are gone because when you realize that that's the actual Lord or the work the divine who is doing the work guess what you can do much more yeah. it's not um, there is no limitations anymore the limitation yes. is gone completely gone. Mm, wow. Yes, yeah. a billion times to that truth, right? Um, the limitations yeah. are gone. When it comes, yeah. when we see from that perspective, yes, consciousness, pure consciousness, or uh, you can, I don't mind saying using the word God. I usually, mm -hmm. these days, I like the word universal more than personal. So yeah. when we are, when we realize that everything's universal, gosh, it's like life just doing yep. what it does, happening, how amazing. I mean, it's really, truly wonderful to look yep. uh, from that perspective, to, to be able to see that, right, mm -hmm. Anand? Exactly, um, you're right. Absolutely wow. Yep. So that's beautiful. I love this. I mean, I love any practices or any, anything that can yeah. lead us to this realization. Um, yep. And then I love the name, of course, Heartfulness Practice. I have heard it before. I think you interviewed somebody about this, but I don't recall exactly. So, okay. uh, that's amazing. Yes, it's it's truly beautiful. I have, uh, I would say, devotion for this any any practice, anything that can lead us to this kind of clarity. Yeah. Um, of being right, it's really being able to uh, being able to. It's interesting being able to be, <laughs> which yeah. uh, doesn't. Yeah. For some reason, or for the reasons that we already know, the body-mind gets in the way, and then we end up doing more than being. Um, or exactly. Even, or even talking more than listening and all that. Uh, so, 
Uh, let me see. Yeah, there's something else. I would love for you to talk a bit more about your spiritual guide. I have his name here. I hope I can pronounce it correctly. Uh, Kalesh yeah. Patel. Yeah, talk to me about him, how you met him. And I think he's also the uh, co-founder of growthcoach.co. Is that correct? Um, yeah, yeah. So my spiritual guide uh, is, yeah, your, his name is Kamlesh D. Patel, and he is the fourth in line. So he is the, this go, you know, this system goes back to 1873. So it's exactly 150 years old. So he's the fourth in line of the guide. And actually, in the human form, I haven't met him yet. <laughs> that is like a surprising thing, because I haven't met when he, he took over in 2014, when the third in line, that guide passed away, or you know, so he took over in the year 2014, and I've been to in his presence. When I say not physically met him, I've been in that same location, physical location, and all that, but I've never gone nearby to meet him physically. But it was not even necessary because his guidance is so much great that you don't even have to meet him in person to go and get what, you know, all this guidance that I've got from Kamlesh Patel. Um, it has happened in the over the past, I would say like what, like eight or nine years since he took over. Um, and all of that has happened without even speaking a real like direct word. I've, you know, I've exchanged emails, but it is a, all that guidance has come through practicing, through the meditation. So he is the co-founder, like, you know, so he is not directly, not, not the co-founder of the yeah. like organization, but yeah. he is, uh, uh -huh. I mean, I talk about him a lot with people might think, yeah, he's also a co-founder. Yeah, but that's what I thought. Everything, yeah, everything that I've got is through, like, basically from him. And if I was on video, you would actually see a picture of him in my back of my wall. But uh, yeah, Growth Coach LLC is the company. The growth coaching is what I've started. And he is the, you know, he is the one who started this heartfulness.org. It used to be known by a different name, but he changed it to become much more uh, visible globally because he said, you know, what heartfulness is what we are all about. We do the meditation on the heart. So let us call it Heartfulness Institute. So it is actually on LinkedIn and there is even a website of the same name, heartfulness.org. And my guide, he actually currently is physically located in the city called Hyderabad in India. And I'm actually going next month in September, on September, late September, uh, to be in his presence to attend his, uh, in a birthday celebrations that happens on September 28th. Um, so that is, um, you know, is everything that I've got and all, all this growth coaching and that I just started a few months ago, um, he is the architect behind it, even without saying a single word. Um, the work just happens. And I've seen so many spiritual signs since I've started and the work that happens again automatically and the help that I'm getting from others again automatically without even asking for anything, um, it is happening. And that is, yeah, that is, I'm really grateful uh, for his uh, guidance and teaching. Yeah, how wonderful. It, it can be felt. That's interesting because yeah, you do speak a lot of him and but it is a presence. It's something that doesn't yeah. require the visuals, the, the body mind. It's to me, yeah. it's very obvious. Thank you. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's not a topic. 
Yes, I know we talked off record about a spiritual leadership for entrepreneurs. That's a new course that you are launching, I believe. You already did, right, uh, Anand? I haven't launched it yet. I'm in the process of uh, you know, working on it. It will be launched on, uh, I'm working towards launching on Jan 1st, 2024. So I have about four more months to go. I uh, have the complete uh plan of what are all the different modules going to be. I even recorded a video today about it, and I'm going to be posting it on LinkedIn right after our call. Um, so it is, a, it is a complete a course that takes into consideration all my 30 plus years of practice of meditation and my 25 years plus of IT experience. So that is when I said it's not just spiritual. It is about helping entrepreneurs like me who are out there, who are looking for uncommon growth in their own life, in this, and it could be their professional, business life, personal life, whatever it might be, where I'm going to you know, use this experience that I've gained and using the heartfulness meditative practice to take them to the next level uh, of growth, um, of you know how they can get to their completely to their next level of growth and how they can achieve the whatever they might have thought is unachievable using this course as one of the vehicles. And also, I'm also offering uh, what is called the spiritual mastery and business advancement, uh, which is a coaching program. So the course will be available in a few months time, but my coaching program and all the consultation and discovery sessions are available right now. I'll be, you know, uh, launching that you know, as, pro, as part of uh, setting up this uh, business, uh, you know, within the next few weeks, all of this will be available. Ah, that's wonderful to know. And I do have them here. Yeah, the services on your website, I have them here. Uh, being a spiritual CEO, it's one. Becoming a spiritual CEO and then sounding board services and then growth coaches, SEE 360 biz. Can yes, can report. report. Yeah. So that yeah. was a long one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So some of them I'm actually undergoing some changes that was offered with a few other co-founders. But yeah, I'll be uh, there will be yeah all those services and the spiritual leadership for entrepreneurs is similar to the becoming a spiritual CEO. Uh, so that is the course. Again, it all everything is underpinning heartfulness is like the underpinning um, you know method or essence of it. Uh, to help them to take it to the next level. Yeah, yeah, that's something else that it, it can be felt. That's the foundation, that's spirituality. So I love the title, Heartfulness, How to Put Your Heart into Living. Because yeah. it's interesting. It feels like we are already doing that, but it's amazing how we let the mind take over a lot of times. And yeah. you do say that in that article, you say... It is in this stillness of the mind that we perceive the heart with clarity. So that's why meditation, uh, mindfulness should come first. Vayanand, I mean, I love the idea that heartfulness should come first, but talk to me for a moment about that mindfulness versus heartfulness. Yeah, so where uh, they differ is uh, mindfulness is about like, you know, it always talks about mind being the first one or the, you know, topmost uh, um, being within like within our life, you know, we give too much importance to the mind, right? Where actually the spiritual truth, once you find out, is uh, the act, there is what in my guide calls it the heart mind complex. 
Um, so what really happens and where the mind can expand much more than what we think it can do in mindfulness is when once the mind actually rests in the heart. That is what happens in the heartfulness meditation where we actually suggest that my mind, uh, we have even called what is called a heartfulness relaxation practice. And at the end of it, the last statement, we say that my heart, uh, my mind is now resting in my heart is what we say and end it. So what really happens in this practice is we don't give too much importance to the mind. What we instead do is we let the heart take over when I say takeover, it's not like a leadership of like a fight between the heart and the mind. What really happens is the mind basically subsumes or like integrates, or you can even say it merges with the heart, with the divine heart. And what then you find it really what really happens is your mind actually expands. That is when you had mentioned the super consciousness state before where it actually takes into that when from your small human mind you can actually go into the divine mind, which is where it becomes into the super consciousness state. Um, that's what happens when it merges itself into the heart. So that's why we say don't just talk about mindfulness because mindfulness you're talking about like a small human mind, but we want to get to the point of the divine mind, uh, which is nothing but the heart itself. So there is no, by practice, you will come to realize that there is no difference between the mind and the heart because the mind and heart are unified. And the body, again, we think it's different, but you find that it's all integrated. Everything is just one thing, one being, which, you know, uh, that that is, goes back to what I said earlier, where you become a witnesser when you take yourself away from it, then you find that the heart-body-mind complex is just one single entity. Uh, which becomes into a goes into a super conscious state, and uh, then you've realized that you have become like you also mentioned earlier, Valeria, that we are universal, right? You become a universal being. It's not just one small microcosm of your human body mind. It becomes a universal being who is infinite, who is basically who's like you know all encompassing. And that is the definition of God, right? When really, when you think about it, you are you call it call him or her, whatever you call them, right? It's like smaller than the smallest, larger than the largest, you know, and the shorter than the shortest, whatever uh -huh. those, all those, because God really doesn't have quality. Because guess what? Right. God has uh -huh. created all this creation, mm -hmm. but God doesn't exist in the creation. He or she is outside of it. But then how do you experience it? When you take yourself away, you become the witnesser. And then you find out that, hey, guess what? This is There is no end to it. Now I become like that all-encompassing consciousness, which exists everywhere. And that is why, that is the major difference between mindfulness and artfulness and how you experience it for yourself is by going through this practice. If there is a goal, I know you mentioned earlier that mm -hmm. we keep going. There's no really an end to this. But yeah. a beautiful place, placeless place to be would be this one. That from that, once we realize that we are one divine unit, and yeah. then we just see everything as one divine unit, one divine exactly. system. And then mm -hmm. now compassion becomes so much easier to be compassionate. To, mm -hmm. to be understanding of others, to love, empathy, 
that's what I, I have found. It's so much yeah. easier yeah. to navigate this reality, right? Absolutely, because then you find out that there is no difference between you and them, you and somebody else, right? It's all like when you call compassion and empathy, that really means self-empathy, self-compassion. Mm, Guess what? Yeah. The self could be <laughs> yes. yourself. Yes. You can call it as yourself or the higher self, because then you find that everything, everybody out there, when you there is no difference because they are all mirror images. They are all you're actually seeing the divine being in all of them. And then compassion and empathy, it's very it becomes second nature, because guess what? You never see the difference between any of them, because then you're like, oh, I see myself in them. Because guess what? They are also a divine being. They are the, nothing but an extension from that same divine being. And then why would you hate anybody? No more hatred, right? Why would you hate somebody? Would you hate yourself? No, you wouldn't. So that's where, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's when it becomes very easy to become compassionate because then you find that it's there is no difference. Everything is one. It's yes. Just, yeah, that's, yeah. That's it. And then I yeah. guess... The practice comes in, you speak, the harfness practice is beautiful. I love that. And, mm-hmm. and that comes in when we still need to kind of see with clarity the residues of the separation. That has yeah. been my case. And when I look at my husband, a lot of times I see, you know, some of the pain that was inflicted before. And then the mind sees that. And, and then yeah. immediately something in me that's very much conscious, aware of this divine universal unity, it kind of comes into play immediately. It doesn't take that long. It used to take much longer. So now it's becoming, it's faster that that happens a little bit quicker, but it's still there. So that's why I love the idea of practices. We can't really be without them. I noticed that when it comes to body-mind, obviously. Exactly. You're right. Absolutely right. Yeah. So we're almost at the end. It has been a beautiful, let's say, celebration, Anand. (laughs) That's how I say it when I meet people like you. Thank you very much. It's a celebration of being. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing what you do in this reality, for the the inspiration. Thank you. Thank you, Valeria. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Before we say goodbye, would you like to add anything else, Anand, that we didn't discuss, that you forgot to mention? I forgot to ask anything. Um, no, I think we covered a lot more than what I thought we would cover. So I think I have nothing else to say, but just to say that thank you very much for the opportunity. And if anybody wants to connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, they can all the time. I can end any questions you have about heartfulness. I can be there. And I'm not the only person. I just want to mention that there are like a set of about 15 or 16,000 trainers around the world uh, that are helping the guide to take this forward. Um, and I just wanted to mention that it's a global system. It is in around 170 plus countries, and I'm really looking forward to helping all the people through LinkedIn or other platforms that are out there uh, to realize how this system or this system of practice can be used in all walks of life and for you know not just business reasons, for any type of reason. And then you become, you realize that you have become a giver without knowing it yourself. And uh, that's the beauty of the system. And I will uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Anand. So I'll have the website and I'll have the LinkedIn link on your podcast profile. Both will be there. Yeah. 
Okay. Thank you so much for your presence. We'll talk soon, Anand. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Anand Balasubramanian and his work, please visit growthcoach.co. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.